the bomb of the week has to be the Edmonton Eskimos getting fined like they slapped two referees. <laughs> I can't say I honestly can't say it any better than that. So I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you roll. Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the two and out CFL podcast every week. John, John Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to episode 56 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Fraser and Cura, we've got a streak officially. I'm here two weeks in a row. Woohoo! Now, I do have to ask you, have you had any uh, leftover turkey poutine this week? Uh, no, I have not tried the turkey poutine. However, Lacey made a turkey chowder. Chowder? A turkey chowder. Really? With bacon and corn, and it's pretty top-notch, I gotta say. That sounds awesome. I, I typically like it when multiple animals die to make one meal for me, so <laughs> this one involves, you know, both bacon and turkey, so I feel pretty good about it. Now, you're on a streak of being here uh, two weeks in a row, but <laughs> j- just before the Thanksgiving long weekend, it must have been the, the Friday, maybe the Thursday, but re- yes. we received a job application for your position. Well, I, 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 it's starting to seem like a position that opens up on a fairly regular basis. I'm not surprised that people are trying to come out and be like me, your favorite podcast guy. <laughs> so, it's from the esteemed John Miller, and he's from the University of Guelph, if I remember correctly. Now, y- Yes, some <laughs> fancy prestigious university. And of course, he was the guy that did the study, along with Peter Diakowski, that... Uh, <laughs> says that Hamilton Tiger Cat fans are the best fans in the CFL. Right, the guy who came on with our friend Jamie Nye and basically dropped knowledge on him and there was a big uproar. <laughs> so here's the subject. My application to replace John Fraser or is it Fraser, the angry rant guy? <laughs> Well, I'm glad he, he said Fraser right first. Um, however, including a Fraser being said wrong is at least minus 10 made-up points off of your job application. Hello. I understand that John cannot be rep- relied upon to continue hosting duties of the To and Out podcast. I would like to throw my hat in the ring. I could bring a 23% increase in statistics as I can make my own if the CFL website isn't working. That's that's valuable because the CFL website took a little while to get itself figured out. So um, this is starting to sound more viable of an application. I can make my own because I am a professor of statistics at the University Amherstburg with a doctorate in statics, tweed jacket, and a fancy pipe that I smoke while failing. I mean grading students' assignments. <laughs> that actually, that's he is classy as F. It sounds like the uh, the wiserhood here. Basically, I'm picturing wiserhood with a corn cob pipe <laughs> and somebody who's a hell of a lot smarter than the two of us. <laughs> Let's be frank. John doesn't even listen to the episodes he's missed. Brazilian Ty has been on more episodes. 
Um, yeah, maybe? <laughs> I assure you, I have drank a Pilsner. It was quite good. Pete Diakowski thinks I'm pretty smart. Don't ask Jamie Nye for a reference on me. Awaiting your response. <laughs> and now this is a bunch of mumbo-jumbo that flies over my head. Dr. John Miller, SD. Uh, he must be a master in math, a master in social science, bachelor of music honors, BBA, BA. <laughs> but is he a master in... <laughs> Oh, my God. P.S. Fun fact. The average elk poops 3.6 kilograms a day and produces over 1.9 liters of urine daily. Well, just because of the elk facts, I'm a little wishy-washy because he said a pill is good. And I don't know, man. I've, I've, I've been in Saskatchewan for a decade, and I just can't quite get there. So... But that being, that being said, I think maybe we maybe I should text Jamie Nye and, and see if he'll give him a glowing reference. But it's nice to see candidates stepping forward because I also heard apparently um, I was traded at today's CFL trade deadline to the Horsemen. Apparently, I guess I got to move to Calgary and replace Ryan Ryan Ballantyne. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing: I think I make the decisions here, and I think he was clearly catering to me. Wait, 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 wait. How do you make the decisions? My name's on the podcast, too. Yeah, but if I'm going to replace you, why would you get to decide? So so the problem is, though, who who can fire who on this thing? You know, that's a good point. Let's get Brazilian tie in here. And as always, whenever we have any kind of serious discussion that we need clarified, we bring in the only man who can do it, that being Brazilian Ty. Ty, we're currently deadlocked in a debate as to who can fire who on the 2 and Out CFL <laughs> podcast. We need a ruling. Ooh. I think Travis has, has all the power. He's That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, just because he edits. We go by seniority, John. You're on the bottom of the totem pole. We went through this last year. <laughs> no, I have been on more episodes than you. You didn't come into, like, episode 12. <laughs> we need to count. We, we need to count. Legitimate. I think that's legit. Where's that one guy that's listened to every single episode? And if we look at time served, you've been on every episode for maybe approximately three minutes. You know what? We haven't even elevated you to the co-host role yet, and I've been missing all these weeks. So what does that say about you? Okay, I'll, I'll just I'll just go into our uh, spreadsheet and just delete everything. No, no, I, no, I, I no, do no, the data. No, on no, no, no. We need the spreadsheets. We need the data because the CFL sucks at it. Kate, Kate, Kate Tyrell, who are we waxing this? This week, I'm waxing John. Yeah, why? Why? Because you said Josh Chaplin was a good football coach, and boy, <laughs> were you wrong. <laughs> I just said he wasn't as bad as you were making him out to be. Oh, really? Yeah, really. His leading his leading receiver was Sam Jaguer, and he gave up 100 yards to three different receivers. Well, that's because technically Anthony Calvillo is still the offensive coordinator there. Yeah, but uh, Anthony Calvillo doesn't run the defense. <laughs> no, and that's Jack fair. Williams the one that picks every. Jack Williams the one that's running the team. All the blame goes to him. Forget the coordinators. We already went through this in Baltimore last week, and they fired Tresman. Not the same. <laughs> that, that's fair. So now the question is: So now, so now he's he's a decent offensive coordinator. Yeah, if he would ever be consistent. Or run the ball maybe once in a while. That's an upgrade. That's an upgrade from last week, I think. 
All right, we've upgraded. We've we've come to a middle ground here. <laughs> Tyrell has settled this awful contract dispute. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see that I now know where I stand between the three of you guys. Thanks a lot. Well, and thank you for letting me fleece you in uh, our hockey draft on Monday night. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Let's not talk about the hockey draft. Let's talk about who's winning in our personal CFL Fantasy League. Oh, man. Well, we can't even, we can't even check the score. So, I mean, <laughs> you, I would... I don't think we should talk about it. You can because you're drowning in surveyor money and you can actually pay for the live stats. You're not broke, a broke broadcast with a wife on maternity leave. It's $5. A broke broadcaster with his wife on maternity leave. I, well, $5 I stand goes behind a long my way. point here. You have a credit card. Pay it off like in a year. Yeah, until you run out of space on the card. <laughs> so it might be John Fraser versus Travis Curra in the final. Uh, Fraser beats Tyrell, 209-181. I beat uh, my opponent, Nomas, 240-195. to Woo-hoo! So, so wait a minute. Yeah. There is one more week of our semifinals, and let's not make this an I quit match, Trav. <laughs> I don't quit. I'm too stupid. I'm too stupid to quit. <laughs> and, I, and and I don't know. And I clearly don't know how to edit the show. So <laughs> it looks like what have we decided here on getting waxed? It looks like we all really kind of need each other. I agree. Does that mean we should all microphone hug, guys? Microphone hug. Uh, oh. this is so awkward. Tyrell's not very touchy, but I am. Mm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, not I'm microphone touchy. hugging. <laughs> Okay, okay, let's... let's By the way, let's, 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 would beg to differ, but let's digress. <laughs> oh, man. No wonder that place shut down. Oh, I love obscure Lloydminster Bar references. I'm sure our listeners do as well. I can't wait to get blasted on Twitter for working in both a wrestling, wrestling reference and a bar reference at the same time. I'm sure Daryl the <laughs> stick is going to go out and make sure that, that we're all put on notice. I think we need oh, to no. shut this down. Seriously, does anybody have a worse Twitter account than that ass hat? <laughs> or right, come on, or I, is I'm it like, a better Twitter account? Enough that I go no, on it every once in a while for <laughs> and giggles, and it never fails. No, th- no, that that's that's fair. That's fair. At least it's not as bad as Trump's. <laughs> Simmons is pretty bad. Oh no. <laughs> Hey, 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 guys! You know what? I just—you know why I can't be on Two and Out anymore? It's because the pop machine isn't unlocked in the Two and Out studio. That's also my basement. <laughs> All right, that does it for getting wax. Thanks, Tyrell. Talk to you guys later. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out podcast. I don't know if this podcast can get any dumber, but <laughs> oh no, no, God. we are off. We are like off the rails in a historic <laughs> kind of way. This podcast after that getting waxed, and we, however, I think we set a new Angry Elk record, and even you got involved. I'm kind of impressed, Travis. <laughs> I, I think we've already set a two and out record. I think you're right. Of course, news brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink, and I was telling you before the show, man, it's a busy news week. The bomb of the week. Has to be the Edmonton Eskimos getting fined like they slapped two referees. <laughs> I can't say. I honestly can't say it any better than that. So I'm just. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna let you roll with that. <laughs> so uh, they they decided apparently at the last minute that they would not take part in a CFL Wired 
despite, you know, agreeing, uh, the Board of Governors, the team said they would do it. But at the last minute, it <laughs> they decided not to. So they end up getting a fine. Uh, the Eskimos organization gets fined twenty grand. Jason Moss himself gets fifteen grand. And if uh, they're asked to do it again and they say no, well, uh, Jason Moss will be suspended from the sideline whether the next game's a playoff game or not. I find it interesting that they added that little timbit to the timbit. Oh, man. <laughs> I find it interesting that they added that to the statement. And it, yeah, yeah, from the sideline. Not suspended for the game from the sideline. But does this... Does this right here, I think this is a reasonable fine for violating a contract that you had in writing with your host broadcaster, that being TSN. I mean, you knew what it was heading in. Everybody agreed to it. And, I mean, outside of finding out that Darian Durant's is Bullwinkle, what have we really learned (laughs) from CFL Wired? It's a cool experience for the fans, and at some point you have to grow the game. Ratings are consistently plunging in the wrong direction. Uh, kind of across the board this season, despite the fact the football has been top-notch and I've been in love with it in terms of the regular season. But, but Trav, this to me, I think it's a fitting fine and a fitting punishment. But this is the ultimate proof, and, and you said it best, that they got fined like they slapped two referees. That just once again shows how badly they screwed up the, the, the fining of Ken Austin. And no matter how many people go out and defend you know Jeffrey Orridge and the rest of the league office for, for that Ken Austin fine I will never disagree with anything more that they've ever done I think in the history at least since I've been following the CFL and, and say what you want about a uh, CFL wired I, I do feel like the games this weekend were a lot they were executed a lot better than the Hamilton Calgary game in August I I felt like the I would agree I, I feel like it added a little bit to uh, the the drama in the BC and Winnipeg game, I thought we got a little bit, and because I, I I really don't care about hearing about the play calls, yep. I want I want the other stuff, you know, yep. conversations uh, that n- aren't necessarily just gibberish. And ultimately, what I want is Mike the trash talkers, Mike Iradarius Bowman's, Nick Lewis's, Simone Lawrence's, Mike those guys. And I, yep. I think what we've seen, and the NFL, they mic pretty much everyone, and they put together documentaries for NFL films. Yep, but they're, they're not aired live, so I guess that's the difference. And, that, and that's it. The fear is amongst Edmonton and some other teams uh, that that you're going to hear something on that live mic that a spotter is going to pick up on. But I need to, I need. I need to pull up the exact stats because you know me. I love math. Yep. And it was actually Furlan from the Piffles podcast. He made this point the other day, and he actually went out and looked at the points per game for teams before and after they did CFL Wired. It was, I believe it was Calgary. Let me just fire it through. Calgary and Hamilton, they, they, they did it in August. Basically, Furlan has been dropping knowledge on everybody, so his Twitter feed is like really, really, really long. So I'm trying to give him credit here. I guess my thing here, if the godfather, Wally freaking Buono can do it, Jason Moss. I love that that slightly obscure reference, by the way. (laughs) Obscure Grey Cup escalator reference. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. As I'm a little goon going down an escalator at Grey Cup and yelling, "Hey, that's Wally freaking Bono!" And I feel like if he can do it, 
any other coach in the league can do it. The interesting thing I found about that statement is that if we ask you to do it again this season, that you will be getting the maximum fine and you will be suspended from the next team's game, even if that's a playoff or a championship game. That makes me wonder if they're going to make the S do it for their final home game against Toronto on November 5th. Or if you're wondering, they're considering doing it in the playoffs. Yeah, you got and that I'm like, line about the championship game. Now that's the real interesting one. I, I found it here on Furlan's uh, Furlan from Piffle's podcast, his Twitter feed. The Stampeders' average points a game from weeks one to nine was uh, just over thirty-one. Week ten with the live mic, they scored thirty. Weeks eleven to sixteen, they have scored forty-one points per game. So obviously, the live mic really hurt their offense. <laughs> it really hurt their team too. They haven't lost since June. So yeah, exactly. I believe they haven't lost since dirt was invented. It just <laughs> seems like it. Uh, the the trade deadline in the CFL was Wednesday, but nothing really happened. However, the Tiger Cats made a ton of moves. Uh, I guess it was Thanksgiving Monday. They end up signing Kevin Elliott. They end up signing uh, Keon Raymond, Kendall Lawrence, and did they bring in defensive back Darius Brooks? And then they also make a trade with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders while ruling Zach Caleros out uh, for this upcoming game here. So Lyndon Gadosh heads to Saskatchewan. Justin Capicotti heads to Hamilton, as well as Xavier Fulton. There was a lot of <laughs> transactions there. They swapped some picks there uh, as well. We have to think the Riders are uh, shedding salary, and the Tiger Cats are making a run at that Grey Cup. Well, you got to think with Hamilton right now, the East is so wide open. Anybody can go out and win it if you just are able to string together. Even a couple of it, even back-to-back wins in the last little bit of the season might be enough to ensure that you're first in the East Division. Uh, Hamilton has been so banged up. Their depth has been tested everywhere. I like the moves. They get a little bit deeper. I think Xavier Fulton is, is going to be missed in Saskatchewan, uh, both on the field and off the field. He was a great community guy. Always a great interview, too, as well. I know the media guys are definitely going to miss him here. But obviously, Saskatchewan, is, as you mentioned, they're getting rid of some salaries so they can continue tweaking their roster. Justin Capicotti, for whatever reason, was just never a fit for Chris Jones. I mean, the way I look at this is they essentially traded Fulton for Gadosh, and Capicotti was a throw-in to make the salaries work because he he wasn't a fit for for Chris Jones, and it just wasn't working for him. So I, I'm glad to see that. You know, Capicotti, who again also I talked to him during training camp. He's a pretty good human. You know, it's good to see that that he's getting a chance to to play some meaningful football here back in the East Division where he dominated for many years. The Riders did make a trade on uh, Wednesday just before uh, the deadline. They uh, trade for uh, national defensive back, Canadian defensive back, Andrew yeah, Liu. Don't, don't, no, no, no. Okay, okay. We're starting <laughs> something right now. We're starting the n- national international swear jar. Okay. Every time either one of us uses one of those stupid terms, <laughs> it goes, it, it's, it's $2 in the jar. So Travis, okay. Travis, you you owe two dollars, and considering you pay all the money to make this podcast go, um, that's even more money you owe. So you better watch your mouth. <laughs> okay, uh, deal here. Uh, so, so so acceptable non import, non import, non import, or or the ones I like using on air, Canadian or American. Okay, uh, Canadian defensive there back. You, there you go. There you <laughs> and, go. Andrew Liu from Montreal uh, for a fourth-round draft pick in uh, 20. 20- 
18. So the Riders, they're never going to stop tweaking that roster, man. It's going to be Christmas set a Day. by using 90-plus players. <laughs> Chris Jones is going to be calling players on Christmas Day. All right, kids, open up the presents. I got some phone calls to make. <laughs> I, can see, I can see that right now in the Jones household. All right, kids. You got to go in and see you each got your two presents there. And uh, you have under 30 seconds to, to, to get them open because I tell you, like molasses in January, you guys are slow. And I can't have that because I got to go ahead. I got to talk to a new backup quarterback for number four. So, I, you know what? Hey, kids, it's uh, I lied to you. I got I to gotta go. I, I got to go. I got to call the backup quarterback. Uh, and you're slow. So I might be back for Thanksgiving dinner. You know who the guy I feel really bad for all of this is through Jones's constant amount of work? Who? Is Riders Media Relations men Dan Plaster and Ryan Pollock? I I know the team stayed stayed out east, but I'm sure they were like settling down for Thanksgiving dinner, and I can see it now. Ryan Pollock with a gravy boat in his hand, and his phone goes bzz, 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 bzz. Hey, hey, Ryan, it's Chris. Yeah, I did a thing again. I need you to write up a release about the thing. Yeah, we <laughs> traded some guys, too, so it's pretty significant. Yeah, okay, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, bud. Yep, yep, put that put that gravy boat down. And I just and I just picture, like, sad trombone and, and, and Ryan Pollock putting his head down before he put his gravy all over <laughs> his turkey going, womp, womp. <laughs> oh, those poor... He, he, Poor he had guys. a micro, the, Plaster and Pollock probably had a microwave Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, I, I feel bad for them right now. But uh, but seriously, in all seriousness, both those guys awesome at their gigs. Great yeah. human beings as well too. We're just poking some fun. I love Chris Jones as well too. Yes, and of course uh, the Riders are they're on by right now or they were. Uh, no, they are. No, they were, and they stayed. <laughs> no, okay, they, okay, they're okay, neither. Get it right? Okay, okay, okay. You need me to host this? All right, I got this now. <laughs> the Riders, of course, after the overtime win over Ottawa, opted to stay out east because Chris Jones didn't like the way they were starting when they played games out here in the East Division. That's why they came up early. They beat Ottawa. They're hoping staying in Ottawa before the game against Toronto on Saturday can lead them to good things. And actually, you know what? Practice got lightened up a little bit as, like him or not, believe in his in his systems, believe in what he's doing, whether you voted for him. Justin Trudeau showed up at the Riders' walkthrough and actually ran a passing route for the Ryder quarterbacks as well. As Rob Begg said, maybe he should stick to politics. And in my humble opinion, one man's opinion, he's not even that good at that. <laughs> You maybe we do have to keep you around here. I, I do want to see uh, Trudeau do the ceremonial kickoff like his dad did. I feel like he'd be better at it. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's going to happen uh, next year in Ottawa for uh, the Grey Cup. We'll see what happens. But sticking but, but, with, <laughs> but just make sure that there is no fossil fuels involved in the making of the football, or he's going to tax the hell out of it. <laughs> Sticking with Ottawa, uh, the Red Blacks announced that Henry Burris is going to start this week. And uh, Chris Williams is out for the year uh, with a torn ACL. Is is having Burris and Harris, it, it, it seemed like a blessing at the beginning of the year, but did it almost become a, a controversy as much as they don't want it to be called that? Uh, was that shadow always looming over Trevor's head as he was trying to make things happen? 
but I don't know. I don't know if it it ever was because it's not like one of those situations where you heard a whole lot of rumbling about the situation, right? I mean, most quarterback right. controversies, whether it's media, whether it's somebody is generally calling for the other guy to start. That didn't seem to happen when it came to the. Ottawa Red Blacks, at least, uh, until it's just, let's face it, Trevor Harris has not played, was not playing well in that football game. They they flipped it up, saw what was going on, and they're going to go with Henry Burris. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to roll with the hot hand. The real interesting question is going to be is, what happens if they go back to Harris and he's not too pretty bad as well? You know, yeah. then who are, who are you looking at in the playoffs? Like, that's the only thing. As long as they've got this sorted out, whoever's going to be the guy come the postseason – that's all the that's all that really matters but uh, until then yeah flip flop do what you need to do to win games because like i said that east division is absolutely wide open yeah it, it's crazy to say i mean uh, the fourth place team in the west would be first in the east but so those <laughs> eastern so, so teams so wait does that does that affect my bet at all with andrew i don't know cuz technically the eskimos are a first place team in the <laughs> east division <laughs> But then again, the way things are going, the Riders could end up as a first-place team in the East Division as well. <laughs> they could. They absolutely uh, could. That that game uh, against Toronto this week, that could decide that, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's not get into the technicalities. Let's just hope he doesn't take any more Empire points from me. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the games from last week. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. All right, we started with two dynamite games uh, to start the week. The Riders beat the Red Blacks 32-30 in overtime. Tyler Crepinia goes 6 for 7 on field goals. Darian Durant still playing for extra bucks on that old contract. <laughs> and you know that that negotiation is currently going underway, and I think Darian is going to use it uh, as a little bit of leverage, <laughs> saying, hey, you know what? Hey, look at the way I finished the year. Once we kind of got everybody together, kind of got things figured out, uh, how nice was it to have Tyler Crepigny on your fantasy team? You should ask somebody that had Tyler Crepigny on his fantasy team <laughs> in a matchup against a really good friend of his what, what it felt like. Oh, Brazilian Ty did not want to talk about that at all. Uh, uh, no, but I can tell you having Tyler Crepigny in your fantasy matchup... <laughs> It tasted as good as poutine in the morning. The the riders they at the beginning of the year is like what what are they going to do for a receiver? But the receiving core has sure you know turned out uh, to be pretty pretty good by the end of the year. They they really have something in Armonte uh, Edwards who is out for the year. But it seemed like every catch he made was. TSN top 10 worthy, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've, they've got so many guys in that receiving core. That's one thing Chris Jones has been really has been really good at, has been identifying receivers. I mean, you look at, I get Naaman Roosevelt was a holdover from the previous regime, but, I mean, he's leading the way despite, uh, despite his injury. I mean, he's going to be back next year. You mentioned Edwards is looking really good. Rob Bagg has had a nice resurgence. Yep. One guy who's kind of disappointed a little bit to me, though, uh, throughout the season, I know he had a, a, an okay enough game against Ottawa, has actually actually been Nick Dembski. Well, and he had a couple bad drops in that game too. He could have had a much bigger game. Oh, oh, absolutely he he could have and if my computer pull actually was working, I could pull up the stats that he had. So, Trav, I'm going to need you to tell me um who did some good stuff. He had the four catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dembski did. Edwards led uh, the receiving core with 83 yards. Bag had 82. Uh, Jeff Fuller's also going to be out uh, for the year with a uh, thumb injury. Uh, but the, the biggest change with the Riders is honestly having a running back. 
back there. Uh, Curtis Steele. Yeah, it's, it's no coincidence that since Steele has taken over, they've won three yeah. in a row. Yeah, Steele's only he only had forty nine yards, but he only got eight carries, six uh, yards per carry. Uh, he he was getting so he's he's really helping out that team. As for Ottawa, they lose. Chris Williams, who did have a touchdown in this game, he's been amazing all year, especially at the start of the year. I think Greg Ellingson might be the guy to roll with on DraftKings this week. He had two touchdowns and 97 yards. That's pretty much when Burris came into the game that Ellingson got all those targets. They clearly have a different chemistry Burris and Ellingson than Harris and Ellingson do. Just look back at that East Final last year for proof. No, absolutely. And another another guy to maybe keep an eye on because he seems to have better chemistry with Burris is Brad Sinopoli yeah. moving forward. So keep an eye out with the Ottawa receiving core. But like you said, if I'm going to roll with a guy, it's going to be Greg Ellingson, uh, especially with Henry Burris starting. We move on to the most controversial game of the week. The Lions. That was, a, that was absolutely a fumble, and I don't know what the command center was doing. Lions and Bombers. What an end to that game that was absolutely uh, incredible the the bombers end up beating the lions with 37 35 but let's paint the picture the end of the game uh the lions get stuffed on third and one which <laughs> that really should have decided the game either way until the bombers handed off to andrew harris and he fumbles the ball. Wait a second. Here's a review. And this is all on like the five-yard line with 40 and, seconds left. And I'm watching this game with, with my family because we do our Thanksgiving dinner on Saturday so I can uh, so I can call some football on Sunday. So right. I'm with all, all of Lacey's family, and, and we're watching this. And I turned around, and I said, I'm like, that's a fumble. Like, that is absolutely a fumble. But, you know, like me and my brother-in-law were talking, I think it was one of those, those spots that if they ruled it a fumble on – on the on on the field there wasn't enough evidence to overturn and if they ruled it not a fumble there wasn't enough evidence to overturn as well you couldn't really tell I mean, my brother-in-law might have made the best point he's like well you can't tell where his knee is well and the balls i mean whether or not the ball's out you can't definitively tell where harris's knee is but he fell backwards, right, on his ass. I, 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 but again, you can use logic. We can sit here. It, it's like it's like a situation I, I've run into a couple of times. Refing, you know, you have. Well, all you the run logic. into it with hockey you, when the when the when the puck is under the player or the goalie's glove, and well, it's clearly over the line. Well, well, that's it. I mean, all the logic in the world says so. But if you can't by the by the rule, if you can't see it on the replay definitively, you can't reverse the call. And that's exactly what happened to me at the end of that game. And it really did the blue ball a solid because now they realistically they have a really 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 good chance of having a home playoff game at investors group field which would be massive for that team which also clinched a playoff spot for the first time since 2011 uh jonathan jennings had probably one of the weirdest stat lines you'll ever see yeah 422 <laughs> yards passing and no touchdowns and burnham gets over 200 yards receiving and you just and you just don't see it. Rory Collard with the little trick play gadget play. I see. I we need to look in the fantasy stats. Should I? I, I feel like I should get double points for that. The because passing Collard, touchdown. Exactly. <laughs> I have the Winnipeg quarterbacks. The Winnipeg quarterbacks technically threw and caught that pass. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm beating Brazilian tie right now. That. <laughs> That that is some crazy math here. Now back to the fumble. Now, 
What I thought they were going to say was that forward progress was stopped. And right. I, I feel like they would have had a case if that's the way they explained it. Yes. B- but and I, and I don't know if you can really argue it. When you look at it in full speed, it looked like progress was stopped. Yeah. And he, he wasn't going anywhere. So if they had said that, I, I wouldn't argue it. But the fact that he said he was ruled down, that's what made me scratch my head. And no, I'm I'm absolutely with you on that one. Andrew Harris, though, overall, um, I would say uh, at least on the ground, a pretty average game. Twelve uh, rushes for uh, for sixty six yards. Uh, receiving wise, though, five for fifty and a touchdown. All, to me, almost always a must start when it comes to DraftKings. Whether it's him or, or Jerome Messam, they're kind of my toss up week to week, depending on the matchup. Uh, BC does score three rushing touchdowns coming from Chris Rainey, Travis Lule, and Anthony Allen. And you mentioned uh, Burnham, nine catches, two hundred eight yards. Manny Arsenault, ten for one fifty. And neither of them finds the end zone somehow. <laughs> well, how about uh, Clarence Denmark? He's not putting up big yards, but he seems to be Nichols' go-to guy when they get in the, the red zone. He's got four straight games with a touchdown for the Bombers. Well, that's because he's the only receiver in the red zone that's over five feet tall. <laughs> no, that's no offense true. to Weston Dressler or, or Ryan Smith. You know, they're both incredible incredible football players but i mean the fact remains that generally in the red zone is where you need your big bodies and denmark is significantly taller than both of them put together while standing on stilts yeah we don't know if tory Gurley is going to see the field for uh winnipeg this year but that will be a big asset for matt nichols in the red zone you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the field in time for the the closing. You got to think they got a bye week and then they got two games against Ottawa. Wouldn't be surprised at all to see it there. Uh, we move on to they were supposed to be Thanksgiving Day classics. They were not. Uh, the Eskimos crush uh, Montreal forty to twenty. I actually listened to Morley and Dave call it on a six thirty Chet uh, on my drive to. Uh, Red Deer after eating a ton of turkey. Uh, John White, <laughs> two games in a row with 19 carries, and in this one he puts up 145 yards. The Eskimos are really benefiting from getting that running game involved into their offense. Well, Edmonton, again, starting to look a lot more balanced, and, and I don't know whether that's a Darius Bowman and Darrell Walker coming down to earth or, or teams daring Edmonton to say, go ahead and run on us, but but how about John White coming from a spot where he was about to lose his yeah. job, they <laughs> said Shakir Bell's going to start, then Bell gets hurt, and then all of a sudden he's had back-to-back great games, 19 carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns, a great fantasy play, um, and, and it's funny, you mentioned the two games that are supposed to be Thanksgiving Day classics, and, and you and I have talked at length about how the ratings aren't exactly where the, the quality of football has been for the CFL this year, but... Yep. It's just like bad luck. They have all of Thanksgiving Day to themselves. There's the Blue Jays aren't playing on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, and you get probably the two worst football games of the entire week when all the eyes in Canada were essentially on you. It just seems like they're just having some some real bad luck. And again, these aren't things you can predict when you're making the schedule. But man, we're those both those games were just like boring. I mean, the Toronto Argonauts game was over before the first quarter was over. I I I, I kind of wish that. Maybe Thanksgiving could be Labor Day Part Two. Uh, see, see, and I've, I've, I, I saw some people floating that out there. And one idea, I wish I could give them credit. I saw it online, and one idea I loved was: what if you move the Labor Day rematches 
rather than the weekend after. And I get it. You get all that bad blood, and it's awesome, and it's great, and it brings something to the games. But what if you move the Thanksgiving Day matches, uh, the rematches, to Thanksgiving weekend? That's a cool idea, I think. Or is there any, you know, I don't know, secondary rivalries you can do, uh, things like that? But but But, I don't think there are. I think if you want, I think if you want eyes on the screen, you know, move that raid match weekend. Maybe do your secondary rivalries, you know, the weekend after Labor Day. But I think if you had the Battle of Alberta, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, uh, you had the Battle of Ontario all taking over Thanksgiving weekend, I, I think you'd get a lot more eyes. And even in, even in a, a growing Montreal Ottawa rivalry. I mean, I feel bad for BC. Yeah. They don't. Nobody hates BC apparently. <laughs> no, no, but if they start being good year in, year out, I, a lot of teams will start hating. Oh, uh, somebody. Oh, BC yeah, absolutely again. they will. So I, I think I think whoever it was, I saw that on Twitter, I think it's a fantastic idea, and I would love – and, and and maybe that's one way that, that you get rid of these Thanksgiving weekend blowouts. Uh, yeah, the the second part of that doubleheader was uh, Calgary and Toronto and the, the Stampeders stomp the Argos 20 or 48 – to 20 and here's the stat that blows my mind about this game uh let me uh, get that here so the uh argos they gained 58 yards on first down plays throughout the game yep guess how many first down yards the stampeders got on f- um 300 316 yards on first down. Wow. And when you the CFL game in concept is very simple. You need to get 5 6 7 yards on first down and it'll make your life a whole lot easier. But when the Argos are averaging 2.4 yards a play on first down and Brandon Whitaker is minus 3 yards rushing, it's not going to work. No, and I feel bad for anybody that had Brandon Winokur uh, in their pool this weekend. Like you said, minus three. His long, and I don't think I've ever seen this before, <laughs> his long was minus one. Ouch. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, Drew Willie was Drew Willie. Uh, lots of checkdowns, lots of completions, two touchdowns, but... Not a lot of yardage, 215. He was also the team's lead. When True Willie's your leading rusher, you just had your lunch handed to you. <laughs> yeah, you got absolutely crushed. There are better days ahead for the Argos. I don't know if it's happening this week because the Ryder defense has sure uh, turned things on. And maybe this is the game that should have been wired. I don't know if you saw the tussle in the uh, late in the second quarter uh, where three or four players were kicked out of the game. Yeah, uh, no, no, I, I, I didn't actually. I saw Mark Wade McDaniel got tossed because he's on my uh, my fantasy team. But, uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, as soon as uh, and and again, this goes. I love watching football. I absolutely love football. But the minute Calgary was up nineteen nothing after the first quarter, I was like, well, I, I, what's on my PVR? Yeah, I guess I'll go do something productive. I guess. Had to shovel because apparently Saskatchewan was all like, you, John, here's some snow for you. (laughs) Kamar Jordan might be the best value on DraftKings right now. Uh, Yeah, how have they not figured that out? 
I don't know. And maybe some of it is because McDaniel ended up getting kicked out uh, of this game. So obviously uh, there, there was more targets to go around for Jordan. But he has had 34 targets in his past three games. Oh, I love those Brazilian tie stats. That's a Darius Bowman numbers, man. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kamar Jordan, as long as his, even if his value wasn't low on DraftKings, he'd be a guy. He seems to quickly be quickly be developing chemistry with Bo Levi Mitchell. So, I, I he's another guy that I'd be looking at as a must start. It's interesting because Joe West is healthy in Calgary, but and and they're not even using him. They can't. No, (laughs) you can't take out Davaris Daniels or Kamar Jordan. And you you can't take out Markway McDaniel. No, so Joe West is is just gonna. But here's here's what's gonna happen because this is so Calgary. I'm calling it right now. One of those guys is gonna go down with an injury in the playoffs, and Joe West is gonna come in, have like a 200 yard receiving <laughs> game, and Calgary's gonna go to the Grey Cup. You just yep. know that's gonna happen because it's the Stamps. <laughs> I could totally uh, see that happening. Uh, let's get uh, the picks for this week. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. This is the way the schedule should be: a Friday night double header. Yes. This one has first place in the East, and then the second game is just as important. Incredible. Hamilton, home to Ottawa. Jeremiah Mazzoli versus Henry Burris. Hey, isn't that the East final from last year? Uh, What's going to happen? Oh, well, I was going to go, and I told you before the program, I was going to go with the Tiger Cats, but the more I think about it, they're working it in a lot of new pieces. Mazzoli's going to be starting for this one, and and Travis, I'm coming around to your side. I think Henry Burris, Smiling Hank's going to have a big game, really ignite the quarterback controversy in Ottawa. I'm changing my pick. I'm going to go with the Ottawa all-caps. Yeah, I I really think that Burris just wants to come out and show, hey, I was MOP last year, and I still have a lot in the tank. Yes, absolutely he does. But can just for just because I know you got it ready, can we play both the Ottawa song and the Thai Cats are humming? Okay, yeah, we we can do that. We can do that. Feels like Oh, yeah, and here's our pick for Ottawa, Alanis Morissette. All right, in the second half of the Friday Night Football doubleheader, it'll be good to see uh, Chris Schultz on TV for the second week in a row. It's good to have uh, the big man back on the panel. It is the second half of a home-and-home series between the Bombers and the Lions. Now, I don't know. uh, At the beginning of the year, people were looking at this saying, really, Andrew Harris doesn't get to play his own team until his old team until October? But it turned out to be some of the most important games on the CFL schedule all year long. It's at BC Place. Bombers took round one. Who takes round two? I, I think... 
And I said it before, I think the two of them were going to split the home and home. I think BC gets it done at home, despite the fact that nobody shows up for their games for whatever reason, or many reasons, I guess. Um, I think they get it done at BC Place. It's a tough place to play, play, especially when you get those late night games. It's sad because I'm a Ryder fan. I have season tickets in Edmonton, and I can't wait until the Lions come to town because I get to watch uh, Jonathan Jennings play. And uh, I'm going to the final game at Taylor Field at the end of the month. And I'm excited that it's against Jonathan Jennings. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's been absolutely – he's a treat to watch. He is entertaining. A lot of BC games have been really entertaining affairs. I expect this one to be another must-watch, but I do think it is going to be BC coming out on top. And I'm not just picking that because I want to listen to obscure Canadian (laughs) boy bands. We go to Saturday. I, I it is another doubleheader. We put on their table from the royalties from playing that off of my Apple Music account. Do I have to start sending in oh, so no, no, can no, no, reports? No, 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 no. That's that's why I pay for the Apple Music for this show. Okay, I was wondering if I have to start sending in SoCan reports. Nope, nope, nope. It's good. But all I know is all of a sudden, <laughs> the guys from Soul Decision can afford an extra Big Mac this week. <laughs> and it's Monopoly, man. I, I just had a Big Mac. We could be turning the guys from Soul Decision into millionaires right now. I actually won a free medium fries and a uh, $5 Hudson Bay gift card today. What the hell could you buy at Hudson Bay for $5? I have no idea. Some perfume for my mom or something? Um, hate to break it to you, Trav. That's a little more than $5. Yeah, I have to eat some more Big Macs. <laughs> <laughs> Get to it, son. <laughs> uh, Saturday, it's another doubleheader. The Argos home to the Riders. The Riders want to spoil uh, Toronto. This is a must-win for the Argonauts. The Riders have won three in a row. Uh, who are you rolling with? You know what? The Argos look like they're an absolute gong show. Looks like the team is in shambles right now. The move to BMO has backfired. The Grey Cup at back at BMO has been a spectacular overpriced, looking like it's going to be a failure. And you know what? I like the Riders. I, I I think they're really they're starting to figure it out. They're starting to figure out their team. You know, they're starting to they're starting to feel it. They had a chance to you know relax a little bit in Ottawa for a few days, do a little bit of team bonding, and I think staying out east is going to lead directly to a victory for Saskatchewan. But because they've stayed out east long enough, they're unofficially Ontarian. So I think we have to play your favorite and my favorite, a little Kim Mitchell for this Riders pick. All right. <laughs> Going for a soda. Yeah, I love, love that it. song. <laughs> so uh, for the Riders, I actually really like uh, Durant and Rob Bag in this game on uh, DraftKings. I think uh, that Bag, a uh, little bit closer to the home, he's going to have some family in the stands, wants to put up a score for uh, his family uh, in front of his uh, uh, his family at uh, BMO Field. And Durant has been, I mean, he's got 650 yards over his last two games, and he's a lot cheaper than uh, most starting quarterbacks on DraftKings. DraftKings. 
So I would roll with Durant and roll with the Riders. I think they're going to go ahead and win a fourth in a row, giving everybody tons of hope when they move into New Mosaic next year. Do we really have to talk about the second half of the doubleheader? Um, um, let's just say Je ne pas Jacques and play something from Calgary. <laughs> All right, I guess we're going to play uh, some stairwell. That does it for episode 56 of the 2 and Out CFL podcast. Can we count on John Fraser to be here for the third week in a row? Um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I, I, there's, a, there's a solid chance. I'm, I, I'm working, working Husky football sidelines on Friday night here in Saskatoon, and they're calling for rain. So there's a solid chance I'll have pneumonia. <laughs> and then I have to broadcast from the roof of Winnipeg's practice facility on Sunday in Winnipeg. So. Is that real? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely I do. But you know what? Again, full kudos to the Winnipeg Rifles people. They're making sure that I have power up there. They, they found me a phone line that's at least accessible. Um, but they just they are getting moved out of Investors Group Field because of the outdoor hockey game. Ah. And, and their only field available in Winnipeg at this time of the year is their practice field, which is natural grass, um, which is a completely meaningless game for both teams. I'm sure that they'd like to just go and flip a coin and be like, all right, um, so you guys win? Okay, let's get out of here injury-free. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, just cause, kneel cause it. October weather and natural field plus Winnipeg doesn't sound like a good time. But either way, I will definitely have pneumonia. Um, so maybe I'll be here if I if I don't somehow miraculously don't end up bedridden. Just get the recording equipment to the Royal University Hospital in Saskatoon and you'll be fine. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, like us on Facebook. Follow on Twitter at 2 and CFL. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. And I will talk to you next week. Maybe John will. Depends how bad his pneumonia is. Yeah, we'll see if I die or not. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon.